Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hello. Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. Alex here, Johnny over there in sunny Newcastle. I haven't been on a podcast in a while. Well, I don't know whether that's true for anyone listening in podcast land, but I I feel like I've not been on a podcast in a while. It has been a while since we've had a conversation. We've just ignored each other for the last three weeks or something. Just haven't really bothered. So it's nice to catch up with you. A lot's changed. I've introduced a new segment to the introduction of the Propane Business Podcast since you've been away. I tried it with Yusuf. It wasn't necessarily maybe the best person to try it on. He suggested you might be better for it. So this is the segment. I will say a someone who's successful in business, so a business guru, a business icon, a business celeb, and you will have to say what you think their approach would be to online coaching. Which is, it's a little thought exercise, which I think is okay. a mixture of funny and very useful for people at home. Um, okay. So I asked, I asked Yusuf, what would Elon Musk do if he was like an online fitness coach? How would he run his business? And Yusuf, Yusuf went into what Elon Musk would do for training. And then also went, I don't know Elon, Elon Musk very well. You have to ask Johnny. So can you do better than that in terms of what, what do you think Elon Musk would do if he ran an online coaching business? What do you think his model would be? What do you think his style would be? So I feel like his whole thing is like solving huge problems. Uh I think Tesla's mission is like making Earth better. And then SpaceX's mission is like getting us away from Earth Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, and then he's got, um, is it neural net? Yeah. Where he's implanting stuff in people's brains. So I feel like he would try and just eradicate the need for coaches completely. Oh. And probably just think, well, you know, how do we modify behavior change? Or there'd be something, he'd be putting something in people, I think, is ultimately what he would be doing. <laughs> he's not he's not going to be like messaging people on trainer eyes and trying to to teach them how to squat. Like he's just gonna try and circumvent all of that and think, well what can I give people in kind of a, like a drink or an implant or a injection that's just going to mean that everybody has a satiety level that perfectly matches the body composition goal they have linearly gains muscle over time. It, it would be really interesting to think like if all the best minds in the world just got together to try and help other people lose weight, what they would come up with. Well, that's why I've designed this segment, Johnny. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the great feedback. Um, next, next person. So that was just a touch on what Elon, you know, the Elon Musk one, what your opinion would be. I sort of came up with a similar one of like, it would be very like this weirdly passive tech based thing. Yeah. You know what it would be. It might, you know, just super tracking and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one that we haven't done yet for any listeners or is Jeff Bezos. What do you think his approach would be? Yeah. So I, I think he would go down the, so I think Amazon's thing is like being very customer focused. Yes. Being cus, customer obsessed. 
and solving the customer's complexity. So like what's complex, he's running the online fitness business. What's the complexity for the client? It's like, well, I know I need to hit these macros, for example, mm-hmm. but that's difficult. So I think he'd develop an app that would just be like, take it, like scan the food or like show it over the meal, brings up your macros straight away, orders on Amazon fresh, the meals you need for the next day. It would just be making it as easy as you as it, as it can possibly be, but it'd be very like logistics based. Mm-hmm. There'd be lots of deliveries going on. There'd be lots of order, online ordering, lots of one-click orders, lots of like Alexa, how many squats have I got to hit today? That kind of thing. Well, no, I mean, that's awesome. I think like, honestly, that highlights something about some of the best businesses is convenience. Yeah. Like, because Sol- even- Solving great problems. Yeah. And, and like- Solving really big problems. At convenience. And I, think, I, yeah. I drove a Tesla- the other day have you ever been in a tesla before no i'm sorry i'm not that cool it it's mind-blowing how fast they are yeah I well, ex- acceleration wise yeah well no just overall how fast they are yeah like how has he just made that <laughs> i don't know i don't think he just made that i think there's well, a lot <laughs> yeah there's a there's, he's got some people helping him hasn't he he's probably yeah. got like a, a team of at least three or four people helping him i imagine probably i'd imagine yeah yeah I don't have 10. I don't have 10. Maybe, yeah. I think that's what the the T, the, the T in Tesla stands for. 10, right? 10. 10, 10. 10 people making electric cars. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, yeah, no, I, th- I think that, but, you know, on to like how that might apply to fitness businesses, where, where is inconvenient about your current online coaching offer? I think if you can look to mitigate that, you stand to have a really strong product uh, for kind of your online coaching. Um, but it, it's also something that we spend ages talking to people about when they start working with us because everyone thinks like, oh, I need a niche uh-huh. for this to work, which that's true. But like the only reason why you need a niche is so that you're clear on the specific problem that you're yes. solving. So like, again, both of those both of those entrepreneurs are famous because they're solving huge problems that are relevant for everybody, really. Yeah. But if you think about that, so Jeff Bezos solves a problem there's probably most people at this point in an average week interact with Amazon in some way uh, throughout the week, whether it's like... Well, d- definitely definitely with Amazon Web Services. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. That's a bit yeah. of a side note, but yeah. Yeah, like there'll be, there'll be a touch point with Amazon where they are just taking care of a ton of the complexity for you so life's easier. Mm-hmm. And then if you think, well, I'm going to make a fitness product that's going to solve... I'm going to make a fitness program that's going to solve it for loads of people. Like how vast and, and complete does that have to be? Probably more than you're ready to do as a, as a single personal trainer. But if you get, if you get really clear on like, I'm going to help, help this kind of person solve this kind of problem. Suddenly it all becomes clearer of like what the marketing has to look like and what the delivery has to look like. So, well, and it, and it becomes feasible because if you're like, Oh, I'm going to help 20 to 40 year olds lose weight. You then have to understand the complexity of every single 20 to 40 year old in the planet you don't have the data to do that you don't have the capital to acquire the data to do that if you do have the capital send some our way please um but <laughs> <laughs> but like to, to solve a problem for that broad of an audience at that kind of scale there's just a certain amount that you need that honestly like we don't have <laughs> you know like, we don't have that which is why we solve specific problems um but i think that yeah i think that's a very that's a very reasonable answer i, I think it's always very important to look at like, oh, why is it that this is this way? Because I yeah. think there's so much buzzwords being 
So much buzzwords, Jesus. So much buzzwords. So much buzzwords being thrown around. Uh, too many buzzwords like bloody beehive. Um, <laughs> um, there's so much of that going around that, like, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. There's this, there's this, like, you know, phrase that's tossed around in the industry. Uh, but what is actually the mechanism behind that is where it functions with reality. And I think you've very astutely observed that that's why niching is so important because it means you can effectively solve the problem for the people that you're speaking to. Um, And you can authentically communicate that to them, which is why the sales are much easier. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also, also why, like the example I use a lot of my two of my friends who are busy professionals. One of them is a power lifter and the other one's never been to a gym before. Like busy professionals is not a niche or it is a niche, but it's not the basis for a business or the basis for an offer because those two people are going to buy two completely different things and click on two very different ads and be convinced by two very different marketing messages. So that's why like a lot of the standard advice of like, oh, I target new mums. It's like, well, you might do, but like there's a huge range within even that of like, what are they trying to achieve? What's in the way of them trying to achieve it? How are you going to help? Why are you the expert for that? Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Come Can't out. wait till Elon Musk launches his... Uh... I'm more excited about Jeff Bezos's actually. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a cooler one. Yeah. Um, but yes, so the topic of today's podcast, halfway into it, <laughs> is do you need to, I guess, like be sexy to be an online personal trainer? I, I think like... It's something, but especially when you get into kind of Instagram numbers, and if you use that as your metric for measuring the kind of success of someone who's an online coach, it's very easy to think, oh, look, everyone's putting heart eyes. Oh, look, oh, look, classic. There's tight leggings. There's Gymshark leggings with a bit of padding in that makes stuff look better. Or, oh, this geese has his top off. I have to do that in order to be successful as an online coach. That's a very reasonable assumption to make based on what is most likely to be put in front of you when you're starting out in the fitness industry. Does that ring true? I think the the difficult thing is when you're looking at the you're looking at the people who do that. Hmm. It's easy to think that Instagram engagement is linked to like finances. Yeah. So it's easy to think, oh, that person's got a million followers, or probably less than that in the fitness industry. That person's got thirty thousand followers. They must be absolutely crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> And like, I think in most cases, the answer is they're not, to be honest. And I um, think that that is like, that I think is arguably sociologically one of the biggest fallacies that we have. Yeah, like misplaced value on followings, I think. Because firstly, YouTube is perhaps the only exclusion to that rule because of how directly monetized the views are to revenue um, yeah. in most cases. But from like an Instagram perspective and from any of other, any other perspective, it's still, and, and even with YouTube, like that's at like big scale, <laughs> yeah. but like it becomes very meaningful. Um, but well, no, I think, I think YouTube's like the, the correlations probably a hundred percent of the time. Like yes. if someone's got a million subscribers on YouTube, they're probably doing okay. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it, the reason they've got a hundred million, a million subscribers on YouTube is not because they're just doing the occasional like topless picture. Right, yes. they're, they're really. They've probably got a team of people. They're putting. They're doing videos on a very consistent schedule. They're holding people's attention consistently over and over again for a very long time, delivering a lot of value. Like they're essentially running a business, basically. 
and so. uh, like YouTube is really difficult to maintain at a high level. I had a friend, yeah, insanely difficult. So I, I had a friend who was like completely unrelated to fitness, but he did like uh, feed some FIFA YouTube videos and was getting some like positive feedback from it. He like there was like, a couple months where he'd make like a thousand, a thousand quid off it. You know, like you get a few hundred thousand per video or whatever, and he just binned it off because it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> He went, this is terrible. I hate doing this. I have to script a video every single freaking day. And it's yeah. the same game. It's the same content. And it's the same sort of realm. And I think that is that is something that I don't think gets talked about enough with content creation. And this is a bit of a detour from do you have to be naked to make money? But I still think it's, it's something it's important. It's part of the same thing, though, isn't it? Like yeah. it's, the same, it's largely the same topic because people get naked because they think it, it gets... Well, if you, you often see like someone's Instagram feed where it's... Um, and we, we have this where it's like well thought out post, well thought out post, meme or topless picture. And that gets disproportionate likes and engagements. You think, all right, okay, that's what I need to do to grow my account. And a, a big account equals a big, a big business. Business. Therefore, that's yeah. the right thing to do. Hey everyone, my name's Rob. I am the co-founder of Gram Fitness, which we started uh, with the help of propane business. Uh, so we started working with these guys about three months ago, having a vague idea of what we wanted to do in terms of setting up our own online fitness business um, and wanted to offer our services out, but didn't know where to start. So what they've really helped us with is um, getting consistent clients um, into our business model, getting consistent leads, developing sales processes. Um, there's really good video content throughout. There's excellent support through the Facebook group and group coaching calls. I don't think if we would have got to where we are without their help. They've really taught us a lot, both about how to deliver effective coaching services online through to developing our niche of people we want to serve, sales, marketing. So I would fully recommend their services. We've essentially made our money back that we've spent on it uh, over the last couple of months. So John and Youssef, it's been awesome working with you. Thanks, guys. But yeah, so you were saying that you know someone who put a lot of effort into a YouTube channel to try and like, I guess people sometimes people see that as that's what I want to do. Or yes. I, want to, I want to build a business, but which that, is but it's it's very difficult. Yeah, like it's it's very difficult to have that level of output consistently and not face burnout. Like even like I know for example KSI. I don't know how familiar you are with the YouTube space, but KSI. Yeah. I know I know recently he posted that he was booked up until August. Like he doesn't have a day off until like the end of August and is feeling burnt out and he makes so much more money than most people in the world and yeah. gets to do all these amazing things and seemingly has a lot of fun in what he does and is still finding that difficult so i think that's just a it's a definitely a side note but the fallacy that that kind of that would result in like a, a business that you enjoy running a business that isn't just dependent on you showing up all the time like you definitely become a like a slave's not a useful term to it, but like, you know, whatever the equivalent is that isn't a bit ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, you, be you, you become beholden to the business. It starts to run you, which, yeah. Yeah. Is, which is, that's where you end up as a content creator. Even people that are successful on Instagram and make money on Instagram, they still become that because they have to just these brand deals and then make sure the photos are okay and then get over fucking thinking every single little thing versus starting a business and running a business where we have what 6,000 followers ish on Instagram and we've worked with four and a half thousand ish fitness clients, 500 or so business clients. Um, and like that's, that's a wild, that's wildly 
a different proportion to I think most people that have like twenty thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the the highest paid YouTuber I think is Mr. Beast. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so like sixty four million subscribers. It's not bad. Yeah. Quite big. <laughs> um, and like getting you know he posted a video four days ago that's got twenty seven million views. Yeah. Like he'll be he'll be doing all right. Yes. Like that that'll be yeah. Uh, I'll be paying him a few quid, but the interesting thing is, like, if you—I mean, I don't know whether you've seen any. I imagine you have, but maybe people listening won't have done. A lot of his videos are like literally giving money away, like giving yeah. people cars, giving like the thing of like as much stuff as you can fit in this shopping trolley. I'll I'll pay for it and that sort of stuff. Like, it's not useful online fitness coaching tips. Yeah, right. Like, and, and not not really any of the people who are content creators who are monetizing the traffic, monetizing the audience are giving valuable things that then encourage someone to purchase a service from them. Mm -hmm. And that's really the main, the main distinction. Like if you think of the people you're purchasing services from or products from, probably they, they, you've seen some content, but it, it won't have been viral. It won't have been the thing that was on your YouTube, like trending page. It might, it might have been a YouTube ad. Yeah, it might be a YouTube ad or like a suggested video for you or something like that. Yeah. But and it's the same with it's the same with with Instagram content. Like if you look at it's it's so hard to sort of like succinctly explain this, but I think that the biggest problem is people give it a go. Get, get, I will. I will. People <laughs> try and gain following and customers by sort of playing the playing by the rules of the game of these platforms. Mm -hmm. Right, so they think, okay, I haven't got any online fitness clients, so I'm going to post on Instagram, or I'm going to post a YouTube video every week, or I'm going to start a podcast, or, or whatever the platform you pick is, and think, well, as my audience grows, I'll get more people. The thing is with YouTube, and so anything that's like feed or algorithm driven, so YouTube and um, Instagram, and Twitter, Instagram, yeah, they they have a, a goal with the platform, which is like I want people to to stay on it, basically. Yeah. So with YouTube, they want people to watch their videos because they can monetize that and they can sell ads. With Instagram, Twitter, it's a similar thing, right? It's time on screen. And the things that drive time on screen is content like Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. It's annoyingly, it's like memes, funny videos, topless stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's the stuff that people watch and look at. And your tips and your like value, very valuable content is not matching the goal of the platform. Like Instagram doesn't let you just put a link in any comments for a very specific reason. Well, yeah, why is that? They don't want people leaving the platform. No, not at all. So these, these platforms aren't built for businesses in mind, really. They aren't built for businesses to just be able to use it for free. Um, because they know that the businesses that are, that are really serious about it will just pay them. Yep. So they don't need to optimize. Like imagine you're the CEO, imagine you're Big Zuck. And you're you're thinking about like who am I going to build this platform for? Like, oh, this PT's only got a couple of hundred followers. Let's make sure he gets to ten thousand, so he can do the swipe up in his story. Like, who cares? Why would he care? Like, he cares about the huge influences, and he kept because people follow them, and he cares about how long people are spending time on screen. Yeah, because Jaguar and Land Rover are going to pour hundred k hundred thousand into a campaign to get some promotion on those. Good, good day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, it's it's not. It's not even, you don't even feature as a priority. Like if, if you get your, your platform taken off you, it doesn't even it touch the sides for them really. So they want time on screen because they know big serious businesses are gonna pump money into ads to reach these people because they're spending time on the platform. So we're left in this problem of like, what do you do? 
mm-hmm. as, a, as a coach. And that's why people, I think, it becomes this race to the bottom of, you see suddenly coaches start doing reels on Instagram, which is now this like, basically just people trying to be funny. You see like PTs trying to be comedians or try and like put out almost political bits or like very opinionated bits of content yeah. to, to drive engagement and polarity. When again, like that's not going to make someone sign up for your service, but they're, they're having to play this game because that's the game that these platforms are like nudging people to play. Mm-hmm. And you end up with this weird. Well, there's, there's two games that the platform's nudging you to play, right? There's organic engagement, hype, keep people on the platform, do, do all that. Or there's pay us some money, mate, or chuck your ad in front of someone. That's the second game. Yeah. And I think it really is. If you, so as someone functioning online who is trying to reach an audience, those are really the two main games you can play. <laughs> yeah. One of the games is more efficient. <laughs> well, like the famous, it's now become famous, like the, when the senator asks Zuckerberg, like, if it's free to use Facebook, how on earth do you make money? And it's like, we run ads, senator. So, okay, so that's the business model. That's how Mark Zuckerberg's a billionaire, Yeah. right? So if that's how you're a billionaire and if that's how you're driving billions in turnover, why would you allow businesses to reach customers for free if the main way that you're going to build your business is those same companies having to realizing, oh, the only way for me to feasibly make this work is if I pay and run ads. Yep. Right. So the, the interests are not aligned for the people who try and circumvent it by growing their audiences for free. They are aligned for the people who just play the game that is that they've defined the rules of. Yeah. So yeah, the advantages are like obviously ads are expensive, but you get to put it in front of very specific people. You get to say specific things. You don't have to do a topless photo to kind of oh. come back to the original topic. You don't have to do a topless photo to get it seen by a thousand people a day. No. And I think that's the, that's really the benefit of it. It's that you don't have to just like sink to the bottom of like, how, what, what can I do today to get attention? It's like, well, I'm getting the attention anyway. So what do I say to these people to get them interested in my service? And it's kind of more in line with a natural conversation. Yes, hundred percent. And then I think like sort of, this is a little bit of a caveat to that. I think that is by far the most important thing, but in terms of like, does it help to be in a, a position where you are like considered sexy and stuff like that? Honestly, yeah, probably does like, but yeah. generally, I think generally like you're selling a service where it's a lot about image for a good part of things, or even if you're selling a service about sports and you look like a fucking great athlete, like that's still probably going to help build some trust. So in that regard, yes, it does help. That's fine. That's cool. But it shouldn't be the thing that you think is what people are actually buying. What they're buying from you is a result for them, not you looking good. Well, I, I think that's like, it's the thing that Yusuf and I talk about loads, which is that like you should be teaching the thing that you know how to do. So like if you're teaching if you're improving knee pain, having abs, probably n- neither here nor there. But like, it might help. There's but, probably you know, someone who's a knee pain specialist being like, no, hold on now. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Body composition, core strength. Yeah, <laughs> maybe having abs helps knee pain. I imagine it probably does compared to some other situations. But like, it's more of, you know, in that case, it would be more like what's going to work more on marketing you with with your top off or loads of testimonials of people saying that their knee pain's improved by your program, right? In the same way, if, I think you have pissed off basically all of Twitter by saying you can't be a you can't be a strength coach unless you can squat like 
two and a half times your body weight. Yeah. Which was too high. But like, like the point, the point remains. And then he was like, you can't be a strength coach if you can't bench a hundred kilos or something like that. Like the point he's trying to get to is there's just, there's nuances that exist in achieving something yourself. So like getting really lean is different to reading about getting really lean. Yes. And it's kind of, if anyone, if, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? I haven't actually, which I definitely should have. I should have seen Goodwill Hunting. Oh my gosh. I know I should have. So there's a, there's a scene in Goodwill Hunting where Matt Damon tries to like teach the older guy because he's read more books. Uh-huh. And the, the response, Robert Williams' response is like, well, you might have read a book about love, but I've been married. You might have read a book about war, but I've been to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You might have read about art, but I've been to Sistine Chapel, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's details in having experienced something. And if looking a certain way illustrates that you've achieved the thing that you're trying to sell, it will definitely help. Even if it's like the one before and after photo that you had when you were lean that one time and now you're overweight, but it's okay and that's part of your brand, great. But I think if you have zero evidence of, of having achieved a thing that you're proclaiming to be an expert in, it is going to be a difficult sell because it's going to be the first question. Like, why on earth would I trust you? It, like, you wouldn't pay a driving instructor who didn't have a driving license. You'd have questions, wouldn't you? You wouldn't like download. You wouldn't steal money from a nan. Piracy is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an old advert. It's great. It's such a good one. What was uh, that on? Was it on like was it on like Blockbuster rented? It was on every single DVD. It was like an anti-piracy thing. A black black and white like guy getting out of BMW. Yeah. With the, the you big leather jacket. Like handbag. <laughs> you wouldn't steal. I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, piracy is a crime. But no, that is an incredible answer, and I'm sorry for derailing the seriousness of it with no, no, not a, problem. a bit from the past. <laughs> right. There's a lyric by a band called Rubin about piracy. Have oh. you heard of Rubin? No. That's a second fail. Just Normally swinging and missing here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more surprised about Good Goodwill Hunting. I can understand you being surprised about. Rubin, I have no idea what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, Rubin's like a, like a, like a British sort of like post-hardcore band from like somewhere near London. But the lyric is, piracy is piracy, whether you sail the seven seas or surf the net. Oh, very nice. It's quite catchy. It's quite nice, isn't it? That's what they should have put at the start of every video. Never mind the the guy in his leather jacket with the stolen watches in his in his blazer. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hopefully that was useful. Quite right. brief. Okay, bye. Oh, no, hold on. Oh, Oh no! Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I realise <laughs> this is this is Sunday. This is Sunday. We should have mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, this is Sunday. Yeah, well, or it, or it was Sunday, but now it's Sunday as you're listening to this on Sunday. And if that's the case, you need to get to the live training that is happening tomorrow or Monday. The keep forgetting the day, twenty first of June mm-hmm. at six pm UK time. We are doing. One of the, I mean, I think it's the second live training, the third live training of 2021. So we don't do many of these. It's about how we, the the process we take someone through, 30 clients in 12 weeks, using 14-day challenges, using all the stuff we talk about, using ads. Propinfitness.com. Topless pictures. (laughs) 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 That's not true. That was a joke. The rest is true. (laughs) I need to get the URL in. I need to. Get... Oh, sorry, sorry. 
Go, Johnny. Johnny, I'm sorry. Alex is just waiting with the arrow drawn back, waiting for me to say the URL. And then, so it's propanefitness.com forward slash podcast webinar forward slash podcast webinar. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And don't commit piracy. And we will see <laughs> you. Do you commit piracy? I think you probably do. You probably do. You don't do piracy, do you? You don't pirate. <laughs> don't be a pirate. Oh, you do pirate. You pirate something. What am I talking about? <laughs> of course, yeah. It's just because you said pirate. I know. But yeah, you do pirate. You can pirate something. Don't yeah. be a pirate. Don't do pirating. Don't take part in any piracy. Pi- piracy. There you go. Bye. <laughs> Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.